everyone, welcome to another episode of 7 Minute Scaling Secrets where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today, we have a special guest, Gerald Lai, who runs Achiever's Dream. And I'll leave it to Gerald Lai to introduce his business. This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the foundation program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that you can get $100,000 a month at least with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com foundation today. And now back to the episode. Gerald. Although it's mine to be on your podcast, man, Alvin. My name is Jared, and I'm the founder of Achiever's Dream, um, chemistry specialist. We are the first and only chemistry tuition specialist with an NEA-approved chemistry lab to provide the widest range of experiments to give the best support to our chemistry students. Yeah, that's a very quick background about myself. Wow, I love that, man. And <laughs> I don't think you give enough credit to yourself. You are the only NEA-accredited chemistry lab in Singapore, like tuition, in terms of tuition? I, I think it's the, the market is very crowded, but uh, if I were to only segment it, we are the, the only one uh, which is chemistry specialized and the only one with a NEA approved chemistry lab. Uh, I'm not like saying those, I, I set up a classroom icon in the lab. It's a legit chemistry lab. We invest close to six figures uh, to set up the necessary facilities, the exhaust, to make sure that it is safe to conduct these experiments. Wow, I think this is really important because chemistry is not like any other subject. You have to actually have practical applications. You've got to actually make, make the experiments yourself and see the results for yourself. And I think a lab is absolutely necessary. So I think exactly. that's a great differentiation that you brought to your business. Exactly, exactly. The, the example we always give to our parents or students, right, is how you learn swimming. So if you want to learn swimming well, right, you cannot just learn the theory of swimming. Yeah, this stroke, put your hands forward, pull it back, you do the drag. No, you just need to jump into the pool, right? Swallow a few <laughs> so swimming pool water, some chlorinated water. Then after that, yeah, then you will finally master it after some time. You yeah. need the environment. Yeah. And I think it works the same way in chemistry as well. Absolutely agree, man. Nobody learns swimming by a book. Cool. <laughs> was that something that you started with? How do you actually come with the idea of actually starting something with a lab? That's that's actually a real big cost, right? Yeah. For, uh, for your center. No, no way, man. Uh, when I first started, uh, no, no, no capital. I, I started literally with nothing. I started off from my parents' house. So that's the only help that I received from my parents. They are kind enough to, to rent me their place. My, my, tuition, my tuition classroom is my dining table. That's how I started. Oh, wow. So we save up, just save up and be very disciplined in our capital allocation. We save up uh, all the money that we save up over the years. We didn't, uh, we, we use it prudently. So, um, which I don't, I think we are going to talk about it later, how it come about, uh, the lab, how it came about. But yeah. it is definitely not something that we, we started off from day one. Nice. And, mm. and this is literally a framework that you use. Is there a methodological approach that you, you use in order to say, take your business from where it was starting from your parents' house all the way to where it is right now? Like, how do you go through that process? Uh, definitely. Uh, in my journey of becoming an entrepreneur, um, I chance upon certain business models that intrigue. Uh, I'm very curious about. 
because in, in, in the journey of becoming an entrepreneur, I also become an investor myself. I invest in growth companies. So one of uh, one of this industry that I, I looked at uh, is the FMCG. La. So you can look at your supermarkets like Costco, Walmart, Target. These are the US examples to relate it to the Singapore crowd would be the Xingxiong, NTUC, Giant Co Storage. So to, to put things into perspective, right? Uh, the main idea that I work on is called shared economies of scale. Yeah, shared economies of skills. Then you ask what's shared economies of skills, right? <laughs> so simply put, it is the advantage that you have when you are of a bigger scale. So if you have a bigger scale, you can get to negotiate better prices with your suppliers. So mm. yeah, for example, uh, I used to sell maybe Apple for, I just buy one Apple from my supplier compared to I'm able to um, demand, uh, have that bargaining power to request for 1,000 apples month after month, every single month for the next few years. Definitely, the entrepreneur with the with the volume of the second, you know, 1,000 apples every month get to command better prices. Absolutely. So if you, if you command better prices, right? If you command better prices, that's where you get to have that cost savings, the cost savings of, of cheaper goods. So that, that additional profits that you churn out that you get out from that skill that you have, right? I think is um, is what made us a little special. Like for myself, uh, I, I I use the additional profits to reinvest myself back into your course, which I think really benefited a lot. Okay, really benefited a lot uh, into systemizing my business. And at the same time, we we also shared the economies of scale. That's what Costco did. So when they have the extra volume, right? They shared with their customers. So for example, instead of increasing their prices. So they actually decrease their prices over the years. That's one. So, so when customer realize, hey, I'm actually getting a better deal for the same goods, right? Instead of getting from, uh, like example Walmart, I can go to Costco and get the same good at a cheaper price. They be like, hey, this is a good deal. I'm gonna tell my friend about it. Yes. Yeah. So yes. they are purposely leaving money on the table, right? And generate that goodwill in the customer. And that customer will eh, be kind enough to tell their friends. And that's where the business is rewarded with volume. So it becomes a very positive flywheel effect. Like, okay, because you have a lower cost, okay, lower cost, you get have better, you get to have more customers. Okay, customers, then after that customers share with their friends because of the good deal that they have, you're rewarded with more volume. And if you have more volume, you go to your go to your suppliers and say that, hey, I have more volume, I want to push down the cost even further. And it becomes a flywheel effect. You're, you're just able to share this benefit with your customers. And that's the exact model how Costco, how Amazon grew their business to crazy scale. I love that because the flywheel implies a few things, right? And for you, it's margin optimization, right? It's customer renewability. It's also customer referability, right? Getting more customers exactly. to refer more of their friends to your business. And I love exactly. that. But Costco and, and all these supermarkets, they are running a product-based business. How does that apply? Uh, to a service-based business in the education space, for example, in which you are in. Exactly, exactly. Okay, that's a products-based business. You are very sharp to pick, pick it up. Okay, so for, for tuition centers, right, we are a service-based business. So what we, what we do over the years, right, is we kept our price relatively the same. So when we kept the price the same, right, um, for every single dollar that the customer is paying, every single year, they are getting more value out of it. Let me give you an example. From day one, right, when we, they pay X dollars for tuition fee, right, they just get tuition services, full stop, that's it. 
Right. But year two, when I have additional capital on my hand, I invested in better curriculum. They are paying for the same fees, but for better curriculum. The next year is better systems. I give them additional consults for free, no additional charges. Then the following year, that comes, there comes our learning management system portal in order to manage, uh, in order to maintain that, a lot of costs involved. But we didn't increase the prices at all. So come next year, after our, our yearly review, our yearly survey from students, right? This particular thing keep happening again and again. They, they keep asking, hey, Cher, how do I practice and improve on my practical? I was like, oh my, this thing keep, keep, it's like a tap on the shoulder, right? So if you see it year one, right? They tap, 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 wait, but back then, uh, I look at my, look at the company bank balance, right? It's not possible. <laughs> possible lah. So at the same time, I want to give the best value to my customers. I need to make sure myself can survive. So, uh, but lo and behold, uh, with God's grace, I think uh, after a couple of years, uh, we eventually invested that six figure sum to make the lab um, come, come, come true. We go through six different government agencies, NEA, HSA, well, all the nonsense, <laughs> just to make sure that it comply with the regulations because it is Singapore after all. Yes. And I think that's great because what you're saying is even though there's this flywheel that's happening, right? The things that you're focusing on are, from what I'm hearing, customer centricity, knowing how to invest in the things that the customers want, right? And in your case, are the students. So they're yes. telling you and giving you feedback. And I think yes. this is something that a lot of businesses need to understand because it takes investment. It takes risk. It takes basically saying, you know what? I'm making profits as a business, but I'm going to take less profits for myself. I'm not going to just draw the profits and then go spend it on something else on my own. I'm not going to buy a Lamborghini. I'm going to take that money and I'm going to plow it back into the business because I know that's what's going to give me that flywheel effect that you talked about, that creation of value, that increase in customer renewability, in referability, in satisfaction that's going to come from investing in all these things. So I exactly. love that customer centricity, I think is one of the core things that I do. And I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that coming from your business as well. So tell me a little bit more about that. That's a huge leap of all the things that you looked at. What, what made you like certain that it was the right time, it was the right thing to do. And you just basically went ahead and, and went to get that a approval of the lab. Um, I, I think um, for, from a financial standpoint, we always have that 12, 12 to 15 months kind of cash flow um, standby in the bank. Any, anything additional, I'll just find a way to invest it. E either invest it in myself, in my team, uh, in the infrastructures, into expansion. Uh, that's how what I always do with regards to capital, alloca uh, capital allocation. Allocation. <laughs> when it comes to allo capital allocation, yeah, that's what I will do. Yeah, so at that point of time, uh, I, I I see that um, uh, in that year, if let's say we are to just risk our profits, the cost is already break even. So I'm just risking my profits. The worst case scenario is at at most that year, okay, law work for free, law. So that's the thinking. At most that year, work for free, and we just went ahead with it. That's a simple thinking. I always remind myself when I first started the business, it's always for the students. Yeah, it's always for the students and their reason why I started. In Chinese, we call it choosing. Why we started, why we choose to start something. So, so when you started a course uh, with regards to helping business owners to scale, right? So you always had that customer centricity. I, I thought that this, this shared values that we have really, we are really aligned in that area. 
So when I when I saw a program like this, I said, yeah, this is it. We are we are going for it. And at the same time, I'm trying my best to see what kind, what other values I can add to my customers or to the students, to the parents, in terms of the cost savings, in terms of um, more different kind of service, more value-added service for them. Right. Yeah. And, and just to understand the financials, what yep. percentage of cash flow do you allocate to all this? Because to a business owner that's having a successful business, there are always a few pool uh, factors or, or different motivations that they have to look at. Mm. When a business is successful, cash flow is strong. They look at cash flow, a part of it is profit. Profits can be taken out by the directors mm. and the co-founders and the, the founding team. Uh, mm. They can be used as dividends. They can be dispersed as bonuses to the staff uh, or they can be retained as earnings within the company, right? So that that can be used for reinvestments. What, what kind of percentages are we talking about? Is that something that you're comfortable? To- oh, yeah, yeah, perfect, no problem. I'm looking at 20 to 25% where I'm able to reallocate this capital. So my, at this juncture, right? Um, other than that, uh, I always treat my business as a real business. It is not my ATM machine. I don't go to it when I need like, Oh shit, I want to buy a nice car. It's time to get some money out from my business, man. No, no way. So I, I treat like a real business because my mentor always, uh, other than Alvin Poe is one of my mentor, Ken, Ken Chi always man, um, reminded me that if, if you treat it like a business, then it will one day become a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I pay myself a nice uh, salary, which I think is packed according to the market rate. All the necessary costs in the business is well factored in. So I can get the true accurate picture of my financial statements. So if ever a day, an uh, investor woke up to me and said, hey, I want to knock on my doors and ask about AD, right? I can tell them that, hey, AD is a legit business. The numbers is real. Because the cost of being the rent, being the marketing cost, being the director salary, whatsoever, everything, all the costs are well factored in. You will not have a, we will not have a weird segment that don't resemble a market. Really. Yes. So, yeah, so to answer your question, it's about 20 to 25%. So what we do with this 20 to 25% have to be very inten- highly intentional. We have to plan for it. It's not like we have the additional cash. You can go out and splurge. Go out and throw it away. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, the market rate thing that you mentioned, that's, that's really important for businesses because people don't understand the mentality of a business buyer. If a business buyer will come into a business and say, okay, I'm going to buy the business right now. And you as the founder, uh, you're going to leave eventually. So you're going to be taken away. Sometimes mm. what happens is business owners take a very low salary and then everything else is you know, issued as dividends or yeah. however they, they structure it. What, is happens, what happens after this is, is that when the business buyer looks at the business, he realizes that the CEO takes a incredibly low salary, like maybe like 3,000 or 4,000, right? <laughs> Which is going to be a problem because as a business buyer, he's going to look at a business and he, he'll be like thinking, I'm going to replace this CEO. Mm. What is the price that I need to pay in order to hire somebody from the market to do mm. what the role of this CEO is? Mm. And it's not going to be 3,000 or 5,000. It's going to be more, right? It's going to be like 15, maybe even 20, Alice. or thereabouts, Alice. right? Yeah. So, I think that's something that business owners need to factor in and need to see. So that that being accurate, that being precise about uh, all these market rates, I think that's some, some of the more important things of, of any successful business to have and to really mm. systemize things. Mm. Cool. I appreciate that. So 
Uh, one last thing for, uh, about a flywheel. So you mentioned sure. a flywheel. Uh, what are your goals about this flywheel? How do you know when you design a flywheel, the different areas in which you want to spend time on? How do you know what your focus area is? What are my focus? I think that is a really good question. So um, what we are working on is a technology platform right now. We are what we want to move together with, with times. So um, right now, how we identify the area to work on, right, is yeah. first, I think it's very simple, is how to add more value to the customers for the same price. Full stop. This is, if you were to ask me what is it, this is it. Okay. Yeah, so number one. That's number number two, right, is uh, how can I make sure that the systems, the operations, right, is not disrupted, disrupted by key people in the business. So because, because our business is service-based, it's highly dependent on people. So how can we create a system such that we can... Uh, consistently churn out uh, and deliver teaching of on, on a certain quality. So that's a second thing that I worked on. Maybe the last thing that I that I that I constantly worked on is how how do I improve now lah now for now 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 is how do I improve myself to be a better investor to allocate the remaining resources I have in the business. So these are the main three areas I looked at. I have not explored any other options for people to invest my money for me because I personally believe in nobody will be most interested in my money other than myself. Right. So, so, <laughs> so I, I think it's, these are the three areas. Number one is how can I add more value to students for the same price? And number two, how can I ensure there's no disruptions to my operations? Because um, this service-based business there's, there's still key key people risk in, in the business and lastly is how i can allocate better to such that each dollar can can grow so much that <laughs> we have even more capital to use and i love that so it's basically yeah. looking at a business and identifying the key intents yes. from a question standpoint right you've got to ask yourself as a business owner hey what is it that i'm trying to achieve here what is the true goal of my business what what is the angle after like one year, two year, three years, and then working backwards to come out with a plan so that you can focus on the areas that need uh, improvement. And mm. I think that's a great framework for business owners to use. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, no, no. Huh? There, there's something, sorry to interrupt. There's something I have to add in. Well, whenever I interact with you, right, is you will always put us to focus on the right things. I think this is your strength. Every single time when I talk to you, you will always say what is the true goal of the business at the end of the day. You will get us to look at um, the, the end picture and work towards it. Every single time we get on the call with you, this is the thing that you will ask. So um, when we are business owners, right, sometimes we are working in the business, not on the business. We At times, we forget about the true goal of the business, the purpose. So right. there's one speaker, right, called Simon. I, I can't rem remember his last name. It's called Simon. He said... Ah, I think it's that you got the name right. So the purpose of the car is to get from one destination to another destination. Uh, is not not it's not the purpose of the fuel. Ah. So uh, so so the the fuel right is just to make sure you can get to that destination. So relating to the same example right, money is just like the fuel to get us to the end destination that we are trying to go. So right. that's something that I I, I constantly remind myself lah. I love that. I love that. It, the car analogy, I think I heard about that also. And to me, I think it struck a chord, a chord because it reminds us we, are, we own a car not to put you know, fuel in and to increase our speed. It's to get to a point, to get yes. from where we are to where we want to go, right? That's the whole purpose of a 
car, which is in business terms, is the same purpose of a business, right? It, the purpose of a business is not for us to generate profits or cash. It's to have us fulfill a certain purpose that we want to serve, that our business wants to serve. And I think it's, exactly. it's a reminder that we always, always have to remind ourselves about. Cool. Mm. Thanks for sharing, Gerald. Uh, Hello, man. Appreciate that. And I hope the listeners get good takeaways from this episode. Uh, well, if somebody were to want to have great chemistry tuition from a customer-centric business, where do they go to? Uh, they can go to uh, my company's website, www.achieversdream.com.sg. They can find out about the company from there. So but if, let's say they want to connect uh, with myself, I think it's, um, it's, it's Jared Lee yeah, over at Instagram or, or Facebook. Sounds good. I'll put in the links in the description so that people know how to reach out to you. Once again, Perfect. thank you for this episode. I hope all the listeners get good value from this. If you guys like this episode, please remember to like it, leave a good review, subscribe so that you'll be notified whenever a new episode comes out. Uh, once again, thanks Gerald and thanks everybody for listening in to 7 Minutes Scaling Secrets. <laughs>